Welcome to the Food for Thought Lunch Break with Steve Bookbinder podcast, the show that gives you things to think about when you're trying to make more sales without all the seriousness of conventional sales talks. Enjoy and learn as he makes fun of sales training, salespeople, and sales trainers, including himself, all while giving you battle-tested strategies that work. Now, here's your host, Steve Bookbinder. Welcome to Saturdays with Steve for business owners and sales leaders who are launching new products or services or businesses. Today's topic, there's no time to prospect. To get your first sale and a lot more to follow, you need to prospect right. Now, some people say, well, you don't really need to prospect. You need to market. You need inbound leads. Listen, no one believes more in inbound leads than I. However, In some way, you have to take some time-consuming behavior on, the behavior of proactively reaching out to somebody about something in some way or other, and I'm calling that prospecting. And you need to do that, and you need to do it right in terms of the quality, but also in terms of the quantity, but also in terms of the frequency of every day. But everything will become a barrier to prospecting. Now, maybe if prospecting were more enjoyable, more pleasurable, maybe then we would find some excuse to make it happen more often. But the fact that it's filled with a lot of frustration or a lot of attempts to communicate where we don't, in fact, engage so we don't really know if anybody saw our message or heard it or appreciated it or paying any attention at all, we don't know what's working most of the time. So as you work on a sale with one opportunity, you lose time to prospect for another. So To fill your time right, you need to follow all the best practices for personal marketing, and I'm going to show you that. Not in this podcast, but I am going to show you that. I'm going to show you all about social selling and email marketing and how to blend that with networking, how to blend that with phone, what you need to do on the phone, how you could avoid sounding like a salesperson and sounding like every other salesperson. And I'm going to show you those tactics and those strategies and those best practices. And I'm going to show you that the devil is in the detail in terms of word choice. And eventually you're going to need to know how to turn around objections and how to properly answer questions. But before you can deal with how to fill the time, you need to consistently find the time. Nobody prospects enough, or very few. Every so often I meet some people that are just unbelievably disciplined and they're organized. And it's that's the uh, wonderful thing about having my role. I've, in a sense, saved you the trouble of doing what I've done, which is to spend about 4,000 nights of your life in a hotel room where you're working with a client in some part of the world or another. And you know what happens when you work with thousands and thousands of salespeople? You occasionally meet somebody who's really doing something really well. And I get a chance to study that firsthand. And so these programs that I do and the training I deliver and these podcasts and the articles I write all reflect what I've learned by firsthand observation, including taking on and trying to do the very thing that I just saw them do. And if it works for them and it works for me, that's what puts it into uh, the program content. Well, what I've learned is I can tell you every possible way to prospect. I can give you every trick in the book. 
I could argue why you should do certain things and not other things. And I hope that you do those things. And I am going to give you that information. But I also know that the reality is you've got 2,000 work hours and it's not all up for grabs. You could argue that I put in more hours. Okay, but eventually there's a finite number of hours. And every year you're trying to get more and more sales and you don't get more and more time. You get maybe less and less time. And some of the time that you're selling, you're waiting and you're waiting for somebody else. And so you lose time. You lose time when you travel. You lose time, in fact, just working on a sale. If somebody says, yeah, do me a favor, send me a proposal. Well, however long it takes for you to put that proposal together and send it to them and add it to your CRM and whatever a discussion time that you need to think about that proposal before you do it and the whole strategy and every minute you took explaining it in your pipeline meetings that you that you might have and, and your uh, personal strategy meetings. You know, when you look at how much time you're putting against these things, you realize that if you're closing one out of three things, then two out of three things we spent a lot of time on and didn't close. Well, overall, how many sales do we work on, most of which will not close? Maybe eventually. Maybe eventually the fact that we'll have by then reached somebody over the course of several years, we'll have reached them enough times. And we've reached them when they're in enough places in the buying consideration funnel from the top to the middle to the bottom of the funnel that we finally, it all, all the stars finally aligned and we'll eventually sell to them. And that's a wonderful thing. But for the, in the short term, for the most part, most people won't buy. And so we spend a lot of time working on things necessarily. There's no way to completely avoid that. But given that that's the case, and given that almost everyone ultimately makes this choice in one way or another, they have a client or a prospect, I should say, someone who they think they could close a sale with. And They need to put something together, a proposal, an outline, a plan, a budget. They need to describe something in some kind of a written document. Maybe it could also be presented in a a PowerPoint or some other kind of presentation, but at minimum, something that's kind of like a proposal. Now, that's one thing that needs to get done. But you know what? If you really own the business, you own the territory, you always have more to do than there's time. I don't care what kind of time management practice that you use. There's always more to do. First of all, the moment you start going, you know what else I could do? You know what I should be doing? You listen to advice. You should be open to advice. And so when you take it all in, what you realize is there's a thousand things that you ought to be doing, should be doing, wish you could do. Obviously, you can't do them all, but that doesn't mean don't do any of them. The more of them you could do, the better off you'd be. So how do you do it without making yourself crazy? And one of the things you learn is that being busy in and of itself is not bad. In fact, it's not avoidance of busyness that should be the goal. You need to learn how to get better and better and better at getting busier and busier and busier. Because if you could do that, then you could scale busyness. Busyness is the flow, is the frequency, is the speed at which things are happening. Do you want your life to go slowly like a movie in slow motion? Or do you want to fast forward to your goal? And so that's all a function of how busy you want to be. Now, if you were too busy, you would actually go uh, nuts. You just couldn't handle it. And the wheels would fall off the cart and you couldn't maintain that right balance between quality and quantity. I get that. But how busy could you get? I'll 
but you can get a lot busier. So here's some rules that I've figured out. And if you'll just follow these rules, I promise you that you'll have the time to prospect all the time. And then you'll be way more open to understanding how to fill that time. Okay, so here's the things you need to know. The first is that you know that you want new results. You want new outcomes. You know you're doing something new, that you need things to change. You need other people to change. You need other people to change about the way they react to you. And you also know that you're going to be busy. And in fact, the more successful you are at marketing yourself, the busier you'll be because of that. But the less successful you'll be, you'll then have to try even more things and that too will make you busier. So just the very act of being in business makes you busier as long as your goals are out there and you're really aggressive. And so knowing that, you need to say to yourself, like anyone who's going for a new personal record, you need to say, I'm now going for a personal busyness record, a personal record in busyness, which means that when I look at the way I manage my time, it's not about do I have time management or I do not have time management skills. It's not a binary thing. What it is is knowing that your time is being used in the right way. You've aligned your time with your goals. The number one thing that most people don't do is they don't really manage their time. They sort of monitor how long things take. But they're not really managing their time, which would literally be aligning your time with your goals, which means you're getting to certain things and not getting to other things. And no matter how good you are at managing all 24 hours of the day, you, in fact, cannot get to everything. So you just need to uh, recognize that. But most people are not really organized around the task of achieving their own goals. So for the for that reason, it's like they're in a ship. It's not about the ship is pointing in the wrong direction. It's like the ship has leaks in it because they just don't know how to discipline themselves or organize themselves. So are you organized around the task of achieving your goals? So let's say you say to me, yes. In fact, I'm, I'm consistently a goal seeker. I hit aggressive goals. That's what I do. I eat aggressive goals for lunch. Great. Excellent. But the thing is, however you're managing your time now, if you're looking to do something new, you're going to have to manage your time in a very different way. And so you have to be okay with that. Because if you don't change the way you manage your time, then you will not get different results. So that's the number one thing. Okay, going forward, what else? Assign the right number of minutes to every task. This particular time management habit will be Second only to always make sure that you uh, do the number one thing first. Always make sure you do the number one thing on your to-do list first, inarguably is a classic bit of time management. So I'm I'm not even including that in mind because I assume you know that one. So you need to at least do that. But no matter what it is you're doing, assign the right number of minutes. You know why? Because the alternative is you just do things until they're done. And so doing things until they're done means that you may inadvertently spend too much time on the wrong things. Like, for example, if you're doing something like that involves technology, sometimes the technology has some kind of a hiccup causing a delay. And so you inadvertently spend way too much time doing something about upgrading a program or something like that that really has no revenue potential, but you're spending a lot of time on it. And it's, it's way too much time. You really have to manage yourself and offset that with other time if that were to happen to you. So how do you get around that? 
assign the right number of minutes. Also, don't assign yourself the like an impossible number of minutes. I'll show you how people do it the wrong way. If you say, I'm going to prospect, and I'm going to prospect for four hours. So let me just block out from uh, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. You know, in theory, that will work. But can you literally sit there and maintain that 90-mile-an-hour enthusiasm that you need when you're on the phone? Or be at your best creatively writing the best email templates or in-mail strategy, social selling strategy? Can you really do that for four hours without taking a break? Honest to God, can you do that? I doubt it. If you're like me, you get it done best in chunks. So I would rather you put something together, like you put in a meeting for 45 minutes or a half an hour or 20 minutes. But getting yourself ready for that 20-minute meeting or that 45-minute meeting means that when you get to it, when you get it to your, at that moment in your calendar, you're now ready for that. You're not getting ready at the beginning of the meeting. You're doing whatever it is you're doing, but you're only spending 20 minutes doing it. So as certain things only require or only worth it. You know, everything in theory is worth doing it until it's done, but you've got 2,000 work hours. You can't, literally cannot get to everything for an infinite amount of time. You must make choices. So deliberately look to cut back because everything will look to fill your schedule and remove any available time left over for prospecting. So you're doing everything you can to protect some little bit of prospecting time. Next, learn your own weaknesses. When you do things, changes how long the thing lasts. Let me give you an example. For many roles, many jobs, many people will have to do two or three kinds of things, reading things, writing things, and talking to people. Well, when do you do those things best? Do you write well in the morning or not? Sometimes in the morning, I find that I'm so distracted with so many other things in my mind that I'm actually not a good reader in the morning. So I time shift that. I put all reading for the afternoon. So I do things when I do them well. Or sometimes when I know I need a lot of time in a row to write a speech, I'll deliberately pick a plane trip that I have coming up or a long walk that I'm able to take in order to you know have enough hours. Uh, toward thinking about that. But, you know, thinking about something while I'm taking a walk is a great way to uh, spend that time. Think about that. Think about how long it lasts. Because you may be inadvertently picking what you think other people would say. You might think, well, other people say you should read things in the morning. Well, does that work for you? And by the way, if reading in the morning doesn't work for you, and it's absolutely required that you do that, then you've got to find a way to make it work for you. And my advice is get up even earlier. So that rather than wake up and then read, when you know that that's not uh, good for you, then wake up even earlier than that, ridiculously early. But do that, and when you do it that way, you'll either have time for exercise or to drink enough coffee that you're finally ready to read when you need to read. Okay, next, give yourself deadlines. Put everything in the calendar or diary. Why? Because it gives you a deadline and it forces you to think about how many minutes to make the meeting in your calendar. It forces you to have a deadline. Something is due then. You know what? We're all at our best when there's something that's due. When it's not really due, we don't really do anything about it. But the moment it's due, we've got at least a fighting shot at getting it done. And now, if that's the case, find yourself with a busy calendar, busy 
diary. I'll tell you something that worked for me. Early on in the business, I was working with an ad agency, and I was trying to make another appointment. Now, this is with an agency I was actually trying to work with. And I was speaking to a senior person who was sort of my counterpart role-wise at that company. And uh, we were in a shared screen kind of a presentation, looking for a next calendar step, and he puts his calendar up, and so I could see his uh, week, and he can see the week, and we're picking uh, some time for a next step. And I looked at how busy his calendar was compared to mine, and I thought to myself, that's what I really want. I want a busy schedule. You know, one of the many psychological things that happen when you have a busy calendar is you're forced to make decisions very quickly. You get better and better at making decisions. Why? Because the volume, the velocity of the same kinds of things happening, sometimes you'll make the wrong choice, sometimes you'll make the right choice, but the velocity of the opportunities to make a decision and then see how it plays out is where the learning comes from. So you want that. But there's something even more. You know, you need to go through a lot of opportunities to get a sale. And the newer you are to the product, the newer it is, the newer the price is, the newer your company is or you are to sales, the worse your ratios will be. There's nothing really good or bad about anybody's ratios, but you'll probably have to speak to even more people, have more opportunities flow through in order for you to see that sale. So you need to create the volume, otherwise it'll take you two years to get where you're trying to get to. And so uh, you need to uh, put a lot of things in your calendar. But the other thing that that does for you is this. Knowing that only one out of few, you know, actually will buy from you, but seeing a lot of things in your calendar psychologically gives you the one thing that makes everybody feel great, which is having something to look forward to. If you have nothing in your calendar... You look at next week and you go, gee, I've got nothing next week either. Let me look at the following, nothing. There's not even something in my calendar where somebody might tell me something that might possibly get me closer to a close. That is very depressing. But if there's even an appointment to talk to someone new, my goodness, appointment to talk to somebody new, that at least creates the opportunity that... I might eventually get a sale. And so having appointments of all kinds, whether they're first appointments or closing appointments of all kinds, as long as there's potential revenue generation there, that having that to look forward to, to me as a salesperson, is the number one most gratifying thing. And it's, if you do it every single day, the thing that you would do that would give you the best every year you ever had. Now, let's add one more thing. You will be thinking about all kinds of things, not only how to close the sales you've begun, but how to keep the uh, lead flow going and how to keep the appointment flow going. And so you need to adopt a very strict policy of prioritizing revenue generating activity, which means that the number one thing that you would do every day, the most efficient, effective revenue generating thing you could do every day is to create an appointment to see or speak to or engage with someone new. Why? Because over time, if you do that every day, over the 200 work days, every single day, if you do that at least every single day, like dollar cost averaging works well for your money in an investment, where you're putting money even when things are good and when things are bad, and over time you get the best results, the same here. By Meeting one new person every day and launching a new sales cycle every single day, 
assuming that that sales cycle, let's say for argument, is uh, eight weeks or 10 weeks or 12 weeks, we know that eight weeks or 10 weeks or 12 weeks later, we have a shot at having a sale. If 12 weeks from now, the sale I'm going to close is the sale I began today, but I don't have an appointment today, then in 12 weeks, I don't have a sale. So therefore, the thing that I'll wish more than anything else three months from now is that I thought to make an appointment for today and actually scored that and got that appointment today. So the most efficient, most effective thing you could do every day is to make an appointment. The next thing you could do every day is something that advances a prospect. Now, if you could advance a prospect and make an appointment to speak to somebody new, that's even even better. Advancing a prospect doesn't only mean advancing from almost close to close, but advancing from one next step to the next. Even keeping it as a right next step, as a agreed to next step, even maintaining the momentum, all of that works in your favor. So prioritize that over all activities that don't do that, and you'll always make the right decision. And when you do that, you'll make decisions like, you know what, it's important I keep everything in the CRM. It's important that I update the uh, pipelines that everybody looks at, but it's also important that I do it at the right time of day and in a time when I do it in the least amount of time for me, probably the end of the day or or come in early and do it at the beginning of the day. I hope you found today's podcast helpful. Next Saturday, we'll dive into how best to fill that time you've correctly allocated. Until next time, remember, I'm Steve Bookbinder, your sales coach. Please connect with me on LinkedIn. Check out our free playbooks and training and coaching offerings on dmtraining.net. And contact me ASAP if I can help your team get more sales or help you have a more successful sales career. Thank you for listening to Food for Thought. To get your free sales playbook, visit dmtraining.net forward slash podcast. And be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss any of Steve's jokes and helpful resources. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.